0: You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, Episode 57.
1: So this is the thing. I mean, if you'd have built a coaching business probably even a decade ago and just hung your shingle out and and been a very powerful coach, then clients would have found you that they would have come. But unfortunately, that's not the case today. We've got way too much competition. So you've got to stand out in the noisy marketplace that is coaching, you see. So, you know, when you're thinking about your business, you've really got to look at it from this idea that it's about value creation.
0: Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello. Welcome to this week's show. I'm your host Meg Rentschler. It is wonderful to have you join us, and I want to send a extra special welcome to our Star Coach membership community. I'm really excited about our interview today. We have a dynamic coach that is sharing with us how to rethink the way that you do your business. Jane Worlow is the owner of Coaches Business School. And as an expert in business and leadership, Jane specializes in helping coaches build conscious seven-figure businesses. And what she's going to do for us today in her interview is sharing specific strategies and tips to better understand the foundational pieces of your business and the systems that you need to establish to be able to deeply impact your service delivery. I often hear from coaches that they are feeling well-trained in the skills that it takes to be a coach, but not necessarily in all the foundational pieces to build a business. Jane's going to share some interesting dynamics about some of the things that are happening in the coaching industry as a whole, but absolutely gives us nonstop information about the way that you can create the kind of business that will allow you to deliver a service that you're passionate about. I really enjoyed my time with Jane and think you will too. So let's go to our interview with Jane Warlow, owner of Coaches Business School. I want to welcome Jane Warlow to the show. Jane, it is fabulous to have
1: you here. How are you today? I'm really good, Meg, and so inspired just to be here in conversation with you. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you for being here. And you do so many interesting things in your business. And we were talking just prior to starting the interview about Sort of where your passion is at this moment, because we continue to evolve all the time, don't we? I mean, that's just kind of being a human being and being a coach. so what would you say is where your passion is currently sort of centered?
1: Well, I'm really excited about kind of the environment we find ourselves in as coaches today, because I honestly believe there's never been more opportunity out there for us as coaches than there is today, and I also feel we've got something of a bigger calling. Because cuz you know my kind of work in the world has has kind of become this bridge between different groups of coaches in a way. And here's what I noticed. I noticed we have coaches on the one hand that are very focused on kind of profitability, money, business. They know that side of the work, but might not be as good at the coaching skills, but they're doing quite well in terms of financial stuff. And then we have coaches on the other hand that are, you know, have really deep transformational, powerful coaching skills but they're kind of not as focused on the business side or the money and so I feel both of these groups could learn quite a lot from each other and that's kind of where I position our work because Coaches Business School started only this year as a brand but I've been working in this field for decades now. I'm not going to say how many because it makes me feel old. (laughs) But definitely decades and we've set this up. For this very reason, that there's so much opportunity in the marketplace today. And, you know, even though the industry of coaching is growing at a rapid rate, we're second, second fastest growing industry behind only technology, individual coaching revenues are on the decline. So individual coaches are earning less. And that makes no sense to me. So I want to change that. And I believe that coaches, you know, particularly these coaches over here need a deeper kind of understanding of business. And then we have these coaches over here, which really need a deep sense of purpose running through what they're doing. So it's purpose and profit. And Coaches Business School, our strap line is business empowerment for coaches, social change for the world. Excellent. So when you see this
0: decline in, uh, the statistics show us that there's a decline in revenue for coaches, what are some of the patterns that you're seeing or maybe some of the reasons behind where that drop is coming from? And I'm assuming it's probably coming from the side of where they want to make transformational change and not as focused on the business building. That would just sort of make logical sense to me, but that might not be the case.
1: And I think, you know, your intuition is, is spot on in some ways. I think, you know, when we actually look at the skills that make a great transformational coach, they're not the same skills necessarily that make you really powerful in business. Right. So, and some coaches have this sense that, you know, I'm really good at coaching and that's enough for me. If I'm really good at coaching, then, then my clients They'll will come. come, I'll build it. Oh, they will yeah. come. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But actually today that's not the case. There's so much competition in the marketplace today. And I don't, okay, you know, for your listeners, whoever you are, wherever you're placed in the world, you know, your coaching business now has a global reach. You've got competitors that are global and that changes everything. Not only that, we've got a maturation that's starting to happen of the coaching and the education industries because you're not only kind of competing with other coaches, you're also competing with trainers and consultants. Anybody that can kind of give people change in the way that they want it or a solution to their problems. So our market's kind of gone really wide. We've got a lot of competition entering the coaching market from really good qualified coaches and also coaches that are not very good, (laughs) that have just been on a weekend course that's confusing the market, I think.
0: Right. So right there, clarity. And I'm a big believer that clarity as a whole is one of those foundational pieces, You know, that whole concept that confused Minds don't buy. So if our customers or our, you know, the people we're trying to reach are just not even certain about what coaching is as a whole, that can create some confusion. So what are some of the tips or the strategies that you give coaches around creating some of that, bridging that gap between where the market is and the potential that could be?
1: So the first thing for all coaches to understand is that business is about value creation, right? Kind of that's it. You need to create great value for your clients. So that begins with really understanding who it is you're here to serve. And what I notice is most coaches like to say this generalist kind of coaching because we're taught in coach training school that if you can coach, you can kind of coach anyone, right? right? Because we have great questions in our toolbox so we can coach anyone. But unfortunately in business, if you do that, you do confuse the market and your growth is very slow because you have to continue to push out into the marketplace. And the unspoken truth is that nobody buys coaching, right? Nobody wakes up in the morning and thinks, okay, I want a coach today and then goes searching for one. That's not the way it kind of works in the marketplace. So if we think that we're a coach and we're only selling coaching, then what we're going to do is we're going to show up in the marketplace and we're going to talk about coaching and our processes and our transformation. And nobody's interested in that.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So. So what do people wake up and say that they want when they're not waking up and saying they're wanting coaching? What are they saying instead?
1: Right. So my journey was, I thought I was selling coaching right at the very beginning. I thought that was what I was selling. And then I thought, I met this, I met Herb Kelleher from Southwest Airlines. It was about a decade ago now. We were both speaking at a conference and afterwards I met him in the bar and I said, Hey Herb, you know, what's your secret to successful business? And his answer really shocked me, Meg, because what he said to me was, he said, honestly, everything changed when I asked myself, what business am I really in? And I said to him, Well, what does that mean? And he said, well, I thought I was in the airline business, you know, kind of obvious. He said, but then I I realized there was something deeper about why I was in business and why I was doing this work in the world. He said, and I started to realize I was actually in the business of love. He said, and then so we started to empower our staff and let them know they're in the business of love. Because if they're in the business of loving our clients, they can make the difficult decisions that's not been pre-written for them in some kind of customer service program. They can always make the right decision because they know they're empowered. So wow. he said, I know I'm in the business of love. And then after 9-11, this is what helped Southwest Airline not lay off even one member of staff when everybody else was, because they all got together, they were collaborative, and they knew that it was all about love. So they took a, a drop in pay, everybody took a drop in pay so that not one person had to be made redundant. And so this shifted everything for him. So I started to think, okay, what business am I in? Am I in the business of coaching? Well, if I'm in the business of coaching, like I said, I sell coaching. So I thought, no, it's not that. Maybe I'm in the business of change, then, deep transformation. And then I thought, okay, but then if I try and sell change, nobody likes change. Nobody yes. likes change. Yes. You know, that doesn't work either. So what is the business that I'm in? Right, And so I started to really explore this and I was exploring it with clients. And what I realized was I'm actually in the business. So there's two words for me. I'm in the business of hope and I'm in the business of inspiration. And that changed everything for me in my coaching business, because if I'm in the business of hope, you see when people are going to make a decision to coach with you, they've got to think of three things. First of all, is coaching going to deliver what they want? Second of all, really, are you the right coach for them? Mm -hmm. Right? And then third of all, can they do the changes that they want in their lives? So they've got to know what solution they want to the problems they've got today. And so I teach coaches this before and after. Once you know who you want to like work with, work out what's there before they meet you. You know, what kind of state are they in? What's their life like at this point? And then after, what's the after state like? Because who are they gonna become By coaching with you. But not only that, what are they going to have that's different in their lives? What's going to be different about their mindset, about the way they live every day? Because if you can define that, that's what people buy, that's your value. And then what you do is you position your business, your coaching, as the vehicle that takes them from the before to the after. And if you can do that, you don't ever have to sell. Because if you use your own coach like skills to, in a conversation, find somebody's before, find somebody's after speak to the after and then just show them how you give them deeper insights. You don't have to sell anything. You just have to be a coach in your business.
0: (laughs) And you have to put that out there, that hope and that inspiration. Exactly. Now you also mentioned that Coaches are sort of trained that using inquiry, using intelligent listening and being present with your clients, it doesn't matter if you're coaching an engineer or a ballerina, you know, you can do that. However, there was that piece there of that that really creates pushing out to this large audience. So what would you like to share about that concept of clarity? And I'm guessing clarity to a particular audience. Yeah.
1: So this is the thing. I mean, if you'd have built a coaching business probably even a decade ago and just hung your shingle out and, and been a very powerful coach, then clients would have found you that they would have come. But unfortunately that's not the case today. We've got way too much competition. So you've got to stand out in the noisy marketplace That is coaching, you see. So, you know, when you're thinking about your business, you've really got to look at it from this idea that it's about value creation. And it's not what you think value creation is. And it's not what an internet marketer thinks value creation is. So please don't listen to the internet marketers when you're thinking about how you're going to grow your business because it doesn't work for us as coaches. We've got to be coach-like in what we do. And our businesses depend on two things. They depend on people because the coaching business is actually a dynamic kind of human relationship system, right? And then the second thing is systems because today your clients want quality from you. They want consistency and they want hope and they also want you to reduce their anxieties about whether they're able to do whatever it is they want to do before they say yes to your coaching. So all these things are things you have to do in your own unique way before you ever start talking about coaching. Now, if you can do that and know that you're creating great value before you ever sign anybody on as a client, then basically you're beginning to attract the right people. And it all begins with a deeper sense of purpose. Why you are a coach today. Get really connected to that sense of purpose of why you take a stand for whatever it is you do think about what is the conversation that you want to lead because this is all about this is your unique business so I want you to own it I want you to feel it in your body not just come to your business with your head But really to think about emotionally how you connect into your business, you know, physically and then mentally and also spiritually. What's the biggest sense of why you do what you do in the world? Because if you can communicate that clearly, it's like the Simon Sinek TED talk. If you can communicate that clearly, then you lead with your why, not your what, because your what is coaching but you lead with why you do what you do. Other people will find you, they'll believe what you believe and they'll stand alongside you. So your business starts to become a movement, not just a transactional kind of business. And then if you put that with aligning with profitability at the same time, it's a really powerful way to build what becomes a deeply transformational business.
0: (laughs) Oh, that makes perfect sense. It's really inspiring. And actually, as you were talking, I thought... The show's now been out for just about a year, and consistently, these successful industry leaders and experts who come on the show are giving that message consistently, start with you, get in a solid place of, you know, have you sort of doctor heal thyself first or physician, you know, and be certain that you're clear about why you do what you do and how you want to be in your coach. So that was a beautiful way. You just expressed that very beautifully about that when you're solidly in that place, the people who need your services will hear that and be attracted to that.
1: Can I say something else? Because that's not all you need to do. That's not enough. Right. So, right. That's step one. Step two, then, is really understanding business in a deeper way. Business for coaches, though. Right. really understanding how you can do that. So there's kind of five things you need to think about and need to understand deeply in your business. The first is value. I've already mentioned that. You know, every successful business creates and delivers something of value to their clients. The second thing is relevance, right? Other people... Needs to want that value. It needs to be relevant to them, which is why you need to know who they are. Because if you're not relevant, you're not going to be able to sell anything, right? So, value and relevance. The next thing is price, right? So, the price needs to be lower than the perceived value, right? Which means that people will pay. Which means if you deliver great value, huge amounts of value, you can choose really, you can charge really high prices. If you just deliver a little bit of value, then you can't and your market becomes price sensitive. So I have a lot of coaches who come to us who who want to charge more but don't know how to. Well, we have a way of teaching coaches how to charge more that your clients actually want. They actually say to you, I want this package because it's got much more value in it for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that really helps. And the fourth thing is, I call it happiness, client fulfillment, whatever. It just means that your coaching clients' expectations have to be fulfilled and potentially exceeded for them to not only be a client and a happy client, but become an advocate, an ambassador for your coaching. So they tell other people and other people's And then finally, profit, right? This is where a lot of coaches tend to go astray is that you know, there's enough of a profit margin for you as the coach and business owner to make a living and continue in business. So profitability is really important because if you're not making a living from your coaching, you can't continue to do this amazing work in the world. And that's the value exchange that you get from your clients. So yes, step one is knowing all about you and your deep right, and then channeling that through a profitable business model.
0: Because that's that bridge. That's the important bridge. And I'm wondering if you've had the experience that sometimes I'll get the question, well, it feels almost like, well, not sacrilegious, but I mean, that's sort of, you know, it's like, if I'm doing this, because I'm passionate about it, should I really be making good money doing this? And I've got, you know, some perspectives on that. But I'm curious what you tell people that you work with, if they have that struggle with sort of being okay with profitability.
1: Right. And I'm glad you've raised it, Meg, because it's absolutely prevalent in our industry. And particularly for coaches that are very well trained, you know, particularly through the ICF or something like that, we have this sense that we have a deeper meaning in the world. We want to make a big impact. And of course we do. But you see, my question is always, how can you do that if you're not earning a living from exactly. doing it, right? And when, so we always look at, I mean, people's relationships with money is visceral. It goes right back to your childhood. And it's a very emotional relationship that we have, right? We love right. this. And the interesting thing is how you show up around money is actually how you show up around business, <laughs> right? So we dig deeply into, you know, what is your relationship with money? what is your sense of it and I it was a number of years ago now once did um a talk at ICF and it was in the Midwest conference it was so funny because I gave out like a dollar note to somebody and they were like holding it and then and so I went over and I said oh can I just borrow your dollar for a minute and I took it off them and then I tore this dollar in half and you should have heard the room the whole room went oh you can't tear up money and then it was so funny I got people to like take money out of their wallets or their or their purses and you know and I said take some money out let's just have a look and some people were holding the money like this some people had it on the table in front of them and wouldn't touch it and I was going I just want you to see physically where you are right now in relationship to your money how much tension has come up in your body when you're just holding a few dollar notes and it was fascinating because we had some people in tears saying this isn't my money it belongs to my husband we had other people going oh no money's evil like I can't it'll change me and all these kind of deeply emotional things and that's true for all of us so you do have to understand your relationship to money to be okay with it and one of the things I'd love everybody to understand is money in itself doesn't have any value it's not positive or negative it's an exchange It's just something that somebody gives you in exchange for something you do. So, you know, if you give a lot of value, you'll get a lot of money. If you give a little bit of value, you'll get less money. Mm -hmm. And it's not something in itself that's to be revered. And the other thing is it doesn't bring out the best in people (laughs) or it doesn't bring out the best for people either which is a big reason why coaches kind of, you know, push it away. But you have got to ask a question. And let me see if I can remember this question. What will give you the highest probability of the deepest impact as a coach? Now, this was a question that one of my private clients came to a coaching session with. She's like, Jane, I want to know what's going to give me the highest probability of the deepest impact in my business. And it's basically having a fully functioning, complete system in your business that can really kind of bring in the money for you, as well as you getting great clients, having a massive impact with a deep purpose. But it is a systemic way of making sure you have the highest probability of the deepest impact. And money, of course, is a key piece in that.
0: That is such a a insightful answer. And in my experience, first of all, if this is really what our purpose in life is, if this is really what we're here to do when we want to impact people, we can't be doing that if we're coming from a place of scarcity, a place of overwhelm, or that we have to be doing a part time job to make money so that we can do this. If you're truly impacting the world the way that then make money from doing that so that you can, whatever you do with that money is your choice, but a lack of income will impact your ability to reach more people. It just, yeah. it just does.
1: It will. And why it, not be a positive channel for money? You don't have to buy the big car and the big house and go like living on a beach somewhere with a laptop life. That's not what it's about. Be a positive channel for money. So if you don't want to keep the money that flows through you, you know, join Kiva or one of these other social platforms that can actually channel your money to places where you think it's really important, can help and support change and transformation in the world. You just become the channel for the money. You don't have to like store it and hold it and keep it. Right.
0: So there's lots of options, but ultimately the reality is the system. So you're talking about the the system to to increase the probability of your impact and taking being able to to really have your work take people to a deeper level which is powerful stuff. So when you talk about systems, what are some of the systemic things that you encourage your clients to think about?
1: So let me just say with Proviso up front, I hate systems, right? I always have. And I spent a number of years in my business when I was first self-employed resisting systems because I had this wonderful story in my head. That I had to reinvent the wheel every time I got a new client. And that was actually my competitive advantage. And oh, you
0: did a lovely job reframing that. I don't know that it worked <laughs> well for you, but that's a heck of a reframe. I know. But
1: here's the thing. I couldn't have been more wrong, Meg. Honestly, that's
0: what I mean. Yeah, the interesting. That's... So but
1: didn't work well. Yeah. So here's what I found. There's, there's six micro systems that I believe every coaching company should have. Every coach should have this, even if it's just you and a few clients do this, it'll make a massive difference and it'll make a difference because you intentionally kind of bring your intelligence and your consciousness to the client contract of coaching. And you think about where you're going to add value at different points in the contract, you know, so that they get a great business experience, not just a great transformational experience in the coaching conversations. Interesting. It gets you to think about that. And the six microsystems are these, and they'll make perfect sense to every coach, I'm sure, that's listening. The first is your client attraction system. How are you going to predictably and consistently get new clients? The second is once you've attracted them, how do you convert them into paying clients? Right. The third is once you've got your clients, how do you onboard them? Because remember, we're trying to do this in a consistent and quality way. The fourth thing is now you've got them. How are you going to nurture them along the different kind of along the coaching journey they're going with you? Um. The fifth is what I call the resources library. So in order to make sustainable change, I give also give my clients like resources and assignments and different like videos to watch and audios and different things. Not all mine. Some are like TED Talks and different things. Right. But, but you then, have like a resource
0: library that yeah, you and can been, pull from that you don't have to yeah, reinvent every time.
1: Yeah. So I teach coaches how to do that as well. And then finally, the evaluation system. Now I used to think evaluation was just so that I could say, okay, that was good, I did a good job there. It's so much more than that because it's the feedback, it's the feedback loop that enables you to iterate and become better next time. So you have to stay very open to the feedback that comes and kind of get underneath the surface of your clients saying, oh yes, I love you, amazing. And actually work out, okay, if there was one thing that you would like me to change, what would it be? You know, and then you start to hear some really great stuff. And then you just get into this positive feedback loop of continuously evolving your business in line with your clients, not just what you think, you know, is great.
0: It's almost like you do this for a living. (laughs) (laughs) I I, (laughs) I, 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 uh, shouldn't have made that joke while Jane was drinking her (laughs) water. That was oh, not like But Jane does a wonderful job laying all of this out in her book, The 10 Day Coaches MBA. It's such a dynamic book. I mean, each chapter gives very specific things to look at. And I know that that is a part of what you do in your business at the school. So yeah. the name of your school again that you and your husband run is? Coachesbusinessschool.com. Okay. And Jane, you brought so much in such a short period of time. I'm so grateful for you joining us today. And we will have all the information about the Coaches Business School and Jane and her husband, Nicholas, on our resource page at starcoachshow.com. Thanks for taking the time to share your wisdom with us today.
1: Oh, you're so welcome, Meg. Honestly, the pleasure was all mine. It was just great talking to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. I am continually amazed at how much information somebody can share in a 30 minute time slot. And Jane Warlow certainly showed us that in just packing this interview with so much information. If you'd like to know more about Jane Warlow or about her book, The 10 Day Coach's MBA, which I strongly recommend, or The Coach's Business School, visit starcoatshow.com and go to our resource page. On the contact page, you can sign up for the ongoing book giveaway and leave comments about the show. If you're enjoying the show and you could leave a iTunes review, that would be so appreciated. The link for that is on starcoatshow.com. There's a link for leaving a review and we would very much appreciate it. Once again, I want to thank you for spending time with us this week. And until next week, this is your host, Meg Rentschler, wishing you the very best for your coaching success.